After fleeing for your life and your place of work got liquefied, you realize that maybe, just maybe, the electrification process wasn't complete or hasn't been completely effective due to improper implementation, poor quality assurance, or simple corporate apathy. So it might be a good idea to turn back and see if there's anything worth obtaining. Greetings and welcome back to Checkpoint Gaming, Gasland Legacy. For this episode, we'll be going over chapters 1 and 2. With Chapter 1, Pink Slip, after each player has created their respective team, they're to play the Express Delivery Scenario found in the Core Rulebook, but with the addition of the Corrosive Pool Special Rule. At the beginning of the chapter, read the following section aloud, and at the end of the chapter, read through the post-game section. The PA system overhead crackles and barks suddenly to life, as a sheepish techie steps away from the nearby signal box with a screwdriver. Begins in four minutes. Message repeats. Dear valued employees, as you have no doubt read in the minutes of the annual shareholders meeting and in accordance with our stated 2021 mission, Rutherford Inc. are proud to report Mars side production has now exceeded targets for all priority supply chains. The board are delighted to announce this represents the completion of Project Remus, 16 months ahead of schedule. It is with sincere gratitude that we thank you for your contributions and with deep regret that we announce the closure of all Earthside manufacturing and logistics facilities with immediate effect. Automated decommissioning begins in three minutes. Message repeats. You realize that you and everyone else that works in this refinery compound have less than five minutes to find a way out. The nanorobots that are scheduled to disassemble this facility into raw materials are supposed to ignore organic matter, but you don't want to stick around to put their safety protocols to the test. You can't reach your own car in time. You'll just have to grab the nearest set of wheels and try to get the hell out of there. With corrosive pools, when setting up the table for this given chapter, the players will take turns placing corrosive pools upon the play area. This placement process will continue until there are three corrosive pools found upon the play area. With these corrosive pools, they should be represented by an item that represents a goopy or swampy piece of scenery and roughly medium length across. This also counts as treacherous terrain. The first time during this chapter that each of the vehicle's movement template or final position overlaps any of the corrosive pools, the vehicles will be noted as got goo on it. With Pink Cliff's host game, it consists of the following components. First, if a vehicle wrecks one more times during the chapter or gets disqualified, it receives one corrosion. Second, if a vehicle is noted as guide goo on it, then mark one corrosion on it followed by removing the a guide goo on it note. Third, if the player ends the chapter with their own delivery slip, the player should note that their team has the presence of mind to grab something valuable. Fourth, the player that had the lowest corrosion total gets to roll one template improvement. The template improvement has rolled, all players will receive it. If there is a tie regarding the lowest total corrosion, the tied players will roll off. Fifth, each vehicle will gain one mutation. And sixth, each player is to calculate their new team rating. Once the chapter has been completed, proceed to chapter two. With corrosion, whenever a rule instructs a player to mark one corrosion upon one of their vehicles, said players to permanently write down an exclamation mark into one of the help one boxes connected with the associated vehicles dashboard that doesn't already have an exclamation point written in it. So that vehicle has essentially lost one hull point. Whenever a hull box produces an exclamation point, said hull box has been corrupted. But beyond that, it functions normally during the rest of the chapter. And whenever a player is asked to check their team's total corroded value, said player will have to add up the total number of corroded hull boxes connected with both of their vehicles. The Junkyard Cybernetics rule change. Whenever the rules indicate that a player will roll one template improvement, said player will roll 1d6 followed by consulting the following information. On a roll of 1, select one of the templates connected to the player's team and permanently cross out one of the listed hazard icons associated with any of the permitted gears. On a roll of 2 or 3, select one of the templates connected to the player's team and permanently add one shift icon to any of the permitted gears. On a roll of 4 or 5, select one of the templates connected to the player's team and permanently add one new gear onto it to be permitted on the selected template. 
Finally, on rule 6, select one of the templates connected to the player's team and permanently add and maybe even cut out a new slide exit point anywhere upon the selected template that is found upon the outer edge of the selected template. Regarding the new slide exit point that can be granted by the template improvement rule, two new rules are to be applied during this given campaign. The first new rule is that if a new slide exit point is added to one of the short edges of a given template, then the player who is controlling the active vehicle will have to choose which direction the vehicle will face at the end of the slide when said vehicle engages in a slide action for the new slide exit point. This is no different than a vehicle using a slide exit point found upon a straight template in the core game. The second new rule is that vehicles cannot place a template that has a slide exit point touching the starting position. With the nanobots mutation rule change, whenever the rules tell the player to gain a mutation, they bring the vehicle up within the Gasland Legacy website and click the Gain Mutation button. During the course of the campaign, players may choose to convert the car model in between chapters and said vehicle gains mutations. And once a vehicle has gained one or more mutations, it would be a good idea to bookmark the resulting vehicle link for use in future games. It's because this link now reflects all of the vehicle's unlocked mutations, and as long as the player enters the same vehicle name, they can just put in the same vehicle name and type into the website where it should pull up the same stats. This is due to the fact that the given information isn't random. When gaining a mutation that says gain one weapon or gain one upgrade, said vehicle will gain any listed item for the respective grouping or to any noted cost. It will also ignore any and all of the normal restrictions associated with said weapon or upgrade. Players will also find that nano mutations that will add weapons to the vehicle will also increase said vehicle's screw value as well. The reasoning behind this is left up to the imagination of the player. When mutations increase the vehicle's screw value, instead of it counting as an extra crew member upgrade, they have the possibility of increasing the vehicle's screw value to that of any value. And yes, the standard handgun attack with these new crew members can still be made. And if the game mutation adds a weapon, upgrade, or perk to the vehicle, then the vehicle's rating will have to be increased by the cost measured in cans for said weapon, upgrade, or perk can cost. If the mutation increases the vehicle's hull value, then the player will have to increase the vehicle's rating by two cans for each hull point added. If the mutation adds or unlocks something that is other than a weapon, upgrade, perk, or hull value increase, then the vehicle's rating is to be increased by three points for said mutation. For the team handicap rule change, before starting each of the chapters, each player should compare their current team rating against the player who possesses the highest team rating. If a difference in rating exists, then the player with the lower team rating will begin the game with one of these bonuses based upon the difference. If the difference is that of 0 through 5, then no bonus is to be granted. If the difference is that of 6 through 10, then one audience vote is to be granted. If the difference is that of 11 through 15, then two audience votes are to be granted. If the difference is that of 16 through 20, then three audience votes are to be granted. If the difference is that of 21 or greater, then each vehicle found on that team will gain one mutation. After granting each vehicle a new mutation, this team is to calculate its team rating followed by checking this table again. With a turret mounting rule change, the wording and cost when it comes to that of the turret mounting upgrade doesn't work when it comes to Gasland's legacy. Because of this, the turret mounting upgrade has to be changed in the following manner. When adding this upgrade to the vehicle, select a weapon that is going to be attached to the vehicle at the twice the base cost. The selected weapon will then gain a 360 degree arc of fire. For Chapter 2, Looting the Wreckage, the players are to play the automated salvage scenario found in the core rulebook of the addition of the stance scenario rule. At the beginning of the chapter, read the following section aloud, and at the end of the chapter, read through the post-game section. You get about 20 minutes down the road before the panic begins to subside. Colder and more mercurial calculations begin to cross your mind. Assuming the nanobots have done their job right, there shouldn't be anything of value left at the facility by now. But what if they haven't? There might be some serious loot being left on the table. What if you are the first to realize this? What's the harm in taking a look? You yank the handbrake, smoke billowing from your tires, and burn it back towards the refinery. The refinery site is a nightmarish swamp of bubbling slag and the twisted half-digested bones of industrial equipment. Despite the melted and fused vehicles and machinery, the gray goo doesn't appear to have eaten everything yet. There is untouched and valuable salvage all over. Unfortunately, you weren't the only ones to think of coming back to take a look. 
With a snap scenario rule, change the automated salvage scenario ramshackle rule so that it reads, once per turn, if a vehicle sustains damage from an enemy vehicle, then the controller of the damaged vehicle will have to place one counter touching any points on the vehicle's side edge. The scenario's in-game condition is also to be changed so that it reads, and the game will end when 1. There is only one player possessing a vehicle in play at the end of any given round, or 2. After 3 rounds have elapsed, whichever comes first. With Louis and the Wreck's post-game, it consists of the following components. First, if a vehicle doesn't scrapper during the chapter, then one corrosion will be marked upon it. Second, if a player has the lowest total corrosion will roll one template improvement with all players gaining that roll template improvement. And if there's a tie to the lowest total corrosion level, then a roll-off is to occur. Third, each vehicle will gain one mutation. Fourth, with the player or players who win the chapter, they will get to unlock a clue by using the code, the files, one word, and keep the content less information secret for the remaining players. And fifth, each player will recalculate their given team rating. Once the chapter has been completed, proceed to chapter 3. So with that said, as we need to know about chapters 1 and 2. With that taken care of, we can start talking about chapters 3, 4, and 5. If you liked this episode, feel free to give it a like, and if you want to stay up to date on any future episodes we upload, go ahead and subscribe. You can also support us in Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash checkpointgaming. See you in the next episode, and happy gaming.